You're listening to Impulse Radio in Tunes with Africa. Africa. It is a new year, a different beginning. So I'm not quite sure if I should say Happy New Year now since it's a month later into the year. But um, you know what? I say a new year, a new chance to try things differently, a chance to strategize differently. Um, but yeah, Happy New Year, everybody. And I hope 2022 will be great. I hope those blessings don't stop coming your way. Right now, it is 15.04 in Johannesburg. And the weather is great. I mean, I'm wearing a lovely summer dress. <laughs> so it's going to be a great day. But um, this show and this space right here, this is Pa Africa. And welcome to it right here on Impulse Radio Africa, where we stay in tune with Africa. Right here, I talk about all things African. We like to connect and educate each other to create a network where we get to tackle all sh issues that aren't spoken of enough in hope to make a change and to change things. But um, I'm definitely aiming at all those African game changers. And I hope you are there listening to me right now or watching to me or watching me <laughs> or watching me right now. But here's what you can expect from today's show. We are going to be talking about autism. Now, if you don't know what autism is, I'm definitely going to let you know what that is later because today, even I am going to get educated about it. This is a, let me not start that right now because I still want to give you some music so you can ease in. But anyways, I'll be chatting to two amazing women who are working with autistic children in Africa. And I'm going to share what some parents have been going through. And of course, I'm going to play some good music. So to kick off the show today, my double play to you will be by Buju. I will catch you on the flip side. Hello, this is Tabitha and you're listening to Pa. Africa. Right here is where every day is Africa Day. Let's connect, reach out, and educate each other. It's time to move, Africa. Hi, this is Melody Zondo, your Mrs. Universe South Africa for 2020 and 2021. You are listening to Pa Africa right here on Impulse Radio Africa. To my beautiful continent of Africa and my beloved country, South Africa, your time is now.
from Nigeria and you are listening to Pa Africa on Impulse Radio Africa. Enjoy. Up your chest, I swear. If you don't get money, they kill like dear. When I face my fears, there's nothing I can do from here. For more in the first date, I make mistakes, I swear. For no like I sacrifice my fears. And I start right here. I say I'm better and you can compare. You know they can't see me outside. And me a day won't cut it. Cause me I don't want to cry. When I get down, I 
South Africa for 2020 and 2021. You are listening to Pa Africa right here on Impulse Radio Africa. To my beautiful continent of Africa and my beloved country, South Africa, your time is now. Welcome back. In case you just tuned in, this is Impulse Radio Africa, and that was a double play. That was from Buju, who is all the way from Nigeria. Now, an interesting fact I actually learned while I was going through all of Buju's songs is that Buju actually stands for Beauty Underneath Just Understood. That is beautiful. And I absolutely love the way how a lot of people, a lot of young people these days are putting a lot of meaning into their music and they're taking more, they're being more conscious about what they stand for and about what their music, the impact rather, that their music makes. Anyways, I have, you're having a, I hope rather, that you're having a good day wherever you are. And again, I will always say this, that I will always want to know, I'll always love to know what is happening in your neighborhood, good or bad. I want to know what it is. If you're listening, I hope you are listening to me via the app, which is available on the Google Play Store or on iOS, there's a whole bunch of places that you can get a hold of us on because we like to stay in tune with you. Be it Facebook, be it YouTube, be it Instagram, be it Twitter, we are on there at Impulse Radio Africa. Now, what is happening in Africa today? The funniest thing as I was going around and doing my errands this morning was was that there was a whole bunch of roadblocks. Okay, now Border Control and SAPS are doing a whole bunch of... I can't even say a whole bunch of really because they are they're, they're doing an operation where they are now clearing illegal immigrants. And so if you're stopped and you don't have the right paperwork, you are getting deported. This was quite, it was interesting in both the good and bad because it is quite disheartening. But at the same time, I guess they are just doing their job. But regardless of, today I will be graced by two lovely women. Um, I'll be joined by Mrs. Palissa Chauke, all the way in, well, she's here rather, she's all the way in Pretoria, and from Nigeria, Mrs. Dotun Akande. Now, these women are very passionate about raising awareness on autism, and they work with autistic children on all levels of the spectrum, and today we will be talking about autism in Africa. We are going to talk about the everyday reality as well as the stigmatization that mothers, well rather families and their autistic children are going through. So now you might be wondering to yourself, what is autism? Google has a pretty simple definition, which is what I picked so that we can just all have a 
basic understanding of what autism is. And now autism is a complex lifelong developmental disability that typically appears during early childhood and can impact a person's social skills, communication, relationships, and self-regulation. It is a spectrum disorder which is referred to as ASD. This just basically means that each child has their own distinct strengths and challenges. Many other spaces and platforms prefer the definition neurological difference. I think I actually prefer this because what autism is is just that basic it basically means that each and every child who has autism or has been diagnosed um you know autistic they just have different strengths so it's either they're on the low end of the spectrum or they're on the high end of the spectrum um but now let's bring it home to Africa. Children with autism in Africa tend to be misdiagnosed, all right? Um, but regardless of, let's just take it back a bit. Children in Africa with autism tend to be diagnosed around eight, which is about four years later on an average than an American child is diagnosed. More than half of African children with autism are also diagnosed with intellectual disability, which means a lot of these children are also misdiagnosed as having an intellectual disability, whereas autism really isn't that. Um, but this is now also compared with the one third of American children who are on the spectrum. So now this was a contrast between Africa and America. Autism research conducted in Africa has been infrequent and unrepresentative of all African countries, making the prevalence of autism in Africa difficult to estimate. Um, the prevalence might be estimated because reported cases lean towards being more severe and Thus, you know, a lot of people aren't recognizing it quick enough. Now, these are the facts that I just got from the Internet. Right. So I went on to um, a Facebook group and I spoke to some parents and I'd like to share one story that drew my attention. I'll, I won't share her identity, but this was a mother who wrote to me on Facebook. She said, hi, Tabith. When we adopted our son at four and a half months old, my parents were already iffy about it. But when the problem started popping up, my mother started constantly asking why I don't send him back to social workers and get a normal child. I know she made a slur against him um, to, okay, she made a slur against him to a friend of mine I hired uh, to a friend of mine that I'd hired to take care of him and when we'd go uh, with him to visit and the newness on and their strangeness was too much for him so we'd keep uh, would keep him on our laps till he got used to everything they'd try to take him from us and he would cry we'll tell him to leave and regulate first would tell them to leave him to regulate first and they'd tell us that we're being selfish and do not want them um, to hold their grandchild, even though we'd explain that it's better that he gets, you know, he gets used to seeing them first and watching them and etc. They always don't understand the importance of a routine and sticking to it. They say we are like jailers. When we adopted our son at four months years at four and a half months old, he is six years old now. We have a great routine, but he does have days where he flaps more and wants, um, or wants more deep pressure. He's on meds um, that helps him with his moods. My parents totally refused to understand the routine thing and the fact that he was extremely bonded to me. I mean, there is a time when he was a baby and even if he'd be in my arms and he caught 
eye of his siblings, he would scream. He only wanted me. Go visit my parents. He'd, um, that would already be breaking a routine. Then boom, as soon as we get there, before he's even accumulated... Well, before he's even gotten used to them, he's being pulled out of my arms. And for him, that was very scary. And um, this is my boy who has auditory sensitivity. Another thing that they didn't understand at all. So the loudness of them talking and them being who they are, he'd never gotten used to it. And so um, we'd try and explain his sensory issues, but they instead told us that we were being overprotective and he can't get used to the loud sound without being around them and without being around those who yell. They didn't want to turn down their voices. That was the other distressing thing. So yeah, I was told multiple times to take him back and get a normal baby. Asked how I could love him. One of my two-year-old biological twins just got like diagnosed with autism for her sake i don't go visit with her they don't even know their grandparents but we're homeschooling and that helps a lot he knows what happens when his sensitive when his sensory sensitivities are not triggered and i can individualize his lessons um seeing as he has global developmental delay it's lonely it's very lonely I hope you get the info you need and all the best and thank you for including autism in your show. When I read this, immediately what it, what, what, what it said to me was that society is failing to understand, but at the same time, I think it is a good thing that we're about to talk about this and hopefully society will get educated. So I'm going to jump right into my interview. Um, I hope these two ladies are ready. Hello. Yes, we are. Hello, Hello. ladies. Hello. How are you guys doing? Well, good. we're How doing great you? from Nigeria. That's awesome. I'm glad Nigeria is doing good and I'm glad Pretoria is doing good as well. Um, so I'm just going to give you two ladies two minutes to introduce yourselves. I will start with um, Mrs. Akande. Um, okay, my name is Dotsun Akonde. I live in Lagos, Nigeria. Um, I started running an autism center in 2006. Our center is called Patrick Speech and Languages Center. And uh, when we saw that families were struggling financially, we, we set up our foundation, Pure Souls Learning Foundation. I am a mother of uh, 24 year olds living with autism, and um, I'm happy to be on the program. Nice. Welcome. Mrs. Palesa Chauge, please introduce yourself. Yes, my name is Palesa Chauge and I'm all the way from South Africa, based in Pretoria. Well, I am a 28-year-old occupational therapist currently working at George Macari Academic Hospital. Um, I've been practicing now for six years and yeah, I, I would say that I have had a lot of experience in my six years working with children who are misdiagnosed with autism and yeah. All right. Awesome. So we're going to jump right into it. Um, I think to just make it easier between the three of us, if you have something to say, you can just say I and um, you know, you can, you can then speak up, but um, 
I think I'll just keep going in the order of Nigeria, South Africa, Nigeria, South Africa. I think I'll just make that easy. So what is, in your opinion, the everyday reality that, you know, these mothers are going through? What has been your experience when you see, you know, a family or a child coming in and either has just been diagnosed or hasn't been diagnosed at all? Um, you know, when society looks at it, I'm sure you guys also um, see see how they're feeling and how, you know, stressful it can be for them. What is the stigma, what is the reality of the stigmatization that mothers are going through? If we can start off in Nigeria. Um, uh, thank you very much. Um, very happy to be here today. The challenge we face in Nigeria, just like you said earlier, is that we get diagnosed late. And that is if we get diagnosed at all. So most of the parents are left to deal with uh, what we call the mental health issues with autism. So the first thing they see is the child is weird, you know, how our children mm, can be. Mm. They're either flapping, rocking, walking on their tippy toes, looking from the corner of their eyes. They tend to want to play in isolation. And then when you see that, a lot of the parents don't understand what it is. And even some of the doctors, down here don't understand what it is mm. uh, when we started out in 2006 there was nothing on ground for families with autism and when we started to talk about it and when we started to encourage the families to break out their children they were faced with stig the stigmatization that is attached to autism many people will say oh please don't bring your child close to me there's something wrong with your child take your child to the hospital mm. and then you know the myth that we have in africa yes. what we don't understand we, we tend to be religious turn it into um, the religious thing and say maybe the so. child is possessed mm. and then we get the child being beaten, uh, beaten be, get, get the child being flogged mm. most of the time. You know, trying to get the child to comply. Well, all that child needs is a little bit of understanding, a little bit of environmental changes and mm. um, some form of acceptance. Mm. So that is what we, we, we see in the Nigeria, the myth attached to people that are different and the religious beliefs that is attached with um, something, our children that are out of the norm. So that's what we see. And here in South Africa? Yes, um, I think from my side, working in the public sector, what I've observed is children come in, children with different and some um, not having any diagnosis at all, as um, that's you have said, that mm -hmm. some the doctors don't even know whether it's learning disability or is it autism or what. And for me, it's the parents that come and they don't know what to do with the child. They okay. have tried to take the child to um, an early childhood development center. Mm -hmm and having their child kicked out from that crate because the child um, cannot sit still or the child is mm. run, always running around and hitting other kids or has tantrums. So because the, the information about different um, types of disabilities, including autism, mm. it's not really well known. So I think that is... is as the major problem mm. um, that we face in, in, in South Africa. All right. So let me just, um, I think let's, let's just lay a bit of background, um, you know, like information on autism and the reality of, of, of what it actually is. What are the most popular 
um, neurological differences I can say that, that, that you guys have noticed in Nigeria what is the most popular thing that parents come and say I don't understand why my kid is doing this um, the first thing we notice here is that the child is not speaking the child is getting to the age of two mm-hmm. two and a half three and then the, they, they ignore all the subtle signs you know our children okay. have subtle signs Yes. Like at the beginning, they you call them and they appear sometimes to be deaf. They don't look at you or they ignore whatever you're saying. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes a lot of them don't have the ability to look at what we call the eye contact. They don't have eye contact. So okay. all those subtle um, behaviors are ignored at the beginning. So the first thing we notice, the first complaint we hear from parents is, my child is three years old, he's not speaking. He's eating a certain type of food and he's not learning. And then when you, you, you go higher, so maybe when we get them at eight, you find that the child is in the classroom. Mm-hmm. He doesn't play with other children. Mm-hmm. The child tends to want to play in isolation. Mm-hmm. And the child is sensitive to either um, touch, taste, smell, mm-hmm. uh, or voice. Even, okay. you know, covering their ears from loud noises, you know, those mm-hmm. odd behaviors that you see in the children. That's what we, we, we see from um, the families that we, we've seen over the years. Those are what some of the uh, presenting um, behavior, presenting challenges that we, we, we see. And a lot of times the child either does not want to hold the pencil, doesn't want to write, doesn't mm-hmm. have um, the ability to sit still in the classroom, is always jumping out of his seat at every opportunity. Yeah. At every opportunity to have movement, the child is always moving yeah. up and down. You know, so yeah. those are some of the things we see here, and I, I, and I'm sure um, that's what most most of the um, others also see in other parts of Africa. Um, Palisa, what would you have to say to this? Yeah, so I think what Datu has said is definitely true. Um, and to add on what she had said, because I'm an occupational therapist and mm-hmm. um, my main focus is occupation and function, mm-hmm. mostly what we see is the parents will also complain that my child doesn't want to eat certain types of food. Maybe they want to just eat um, yeah. porridge yeah. And, or proper and milk. If there is any other color in the food, um, the child doesn't want to eat, or maybe they prefer certain textures. If okay. it's slime, they can't eat. You you see, mm-hmm. so that in turn affects the the nutrition of the child. And the other thing, as an as a therapist, I'm also concerned about the play. So as Dati has mentioned that you'll find that the child is isolating. The child doesn't want to be amongst other children. The child okay. um, is either too rough or okay. because of having vestibular problems or proprioceptive problems, okay. the child is unable to engage in play and just only sit in one position. So that's mostly what we see. And for us, that is a problem because now the child wouldn't, necessarily engage in the most important occupation which is for them it's play and then also now taking into account their um, um, activities of daily when yes sorry oh, oh no I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you Yes, um, looking at the activities of daily living mm-hmm. they prefer certain types of clothes. Um, Mm -hmm. It's either if it's cotton, it's too harsh for them or they want something to be tight, you Mm -hmm. know. So 
we, we tend to have those problems more and we have to deal with such problems in in our facilities i mean i i got to when i started thinking about um autism in africa now this was november when i got the idea to do a show about all of this and i started watching atypical on 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 netflix and you know there's a few things that i picked from there that i that i then went into research and noticed that it was the reality and you know when when it was yes like you're saying that it's 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 as simple as the material or the fabric of their clothing you know that they wouldn't like and i can just imagine a mother experiencing a child saying i can't handle this you know a child just freaking out and saying mommy this is you know i can't wear this but um let's let's just let's just take a little step back how strong do you guys um see religious beliefs being like do parents come in and you know they're still convinced that they're right that something you know is wrong with their family as a whole and you have to now work to change that idea we can start in nigeria um um religious beliefs is very very you know how we are in africa we are very religious mm -hmm. and yeah. a lot of these beliefs are carried over you know mm -hmm. into the things that we don't understand mm. so it's a big issue here for us we've had to go into the churches and then the muslims have to go into the mosque to talk about you know what autism is to try to demystify a lot of this myth that mm. it puts in place when it comes to our children with autism if the religious leaders can help us you know speak about these challenges and that and the fact that it can be helped yes. it's not the end of the world yes the fact that the child is struggling at the beginning doesn't mean that he would have to go through in the entire um lifetime you know mm. struggling with some of these things a lot of them have hidden strength that we, we don't actually see and we would only see mm. if we engage them in certain activities that they love and enjoy and we accept the challenges accept them for who they are and then from then on you know, try to find a way to support them in their area of name. So religious, religious beliefs is a big issue. And I think it's something that must be, you know, looked into. A lot of parents don't take their children to either the churches or the mosque because they don't want to be stared at or mm. they don't want to be judged. Mm. And a lot of them have come up with anxiety later in life, thinking, oh, maybe something I did when I was young is the reason why I have a child. So true. So we constantly have to re-educate the, the parents, constantly have to encourage them, constantly have to get them to, you know, to to look beyond their, that, that belief and look at the child and find ways in which they can support that child in that environment. And Palissa, what have you been experiencing along with this? Do you, is it still, is it still yes, along with religious beliefs, it's also traditional and cultural beliefs that we, we most certainly deal yeah. with. Mm -hmm. Most parents will come and say, in my family, we've never had such, so it must be that we yeah. are, that is yeah. witchcraft, you know, because our belief yeah. tends to be what we are or what we follow. Mm. Yes. So now, when the parents say we we are, we believe that we're being witchcrafted or no, there's something wrong. Maybe we didn't follow a, a certain custom or tradition. Then it becomes very difficult for us to intervene because now yeah. we cannot really talk about the will the witchcraft aspect, but we can talk about the medical aspect. Mm. 
so that the the parents can understand. So mm. what we mostly do is that we I, I believe that educating the parent on what autism is um, okay. is very much important because if a mother walks in with a with a child that um, is hypersensitive that wants to eat and chew on everything in the house, that yeah. could be very very difficult to understand that it's a medical problem. So yeah. once we sit them down and un- and try to unpack what autism is and what they should expect or um, that their child would have different strengths and weaknesses, I think um, that's when we, the, the, the parents are most likely mm-hmm. to comply with, um, with the treatment. But just okay. know that this is just the parents. When they go in the environment, it's the society. It's so totally now different. the parents just, mm. If they didn't understand what their condition is, then it becomes very difficult to explain mm. what autism is to the people now in the society. Yeah. Okay, let's take a little break. And um, when we come back, I would like you ladies to take us through what what the process is when a family comes in, how you guys break it down to them, and how you basically get to help these children. Let's just take a quick break. You tuned into Impulse Radio Africa. <laughs> 